You're listening to Speak Loud, resilient stories of triumph and hope, helping you to turn your past into fuel for your best future. Here's your host, founder of the 501c3 Share, providing resource and support for trauma victims, and a survivor herself, Tiffany Barnes. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Speak Loud podcast. As always, I am your host, Tiffany Barnes, and thank you for joining me here today. I've got an awesome guest in store for you guys, and he does come from a land far far and wide. British Columbia, I must say. Uh, Vancouver, I think he said, just outside of Vancouver. Been there. If you haven't been, you should, because it's a beautiful, beautiful place. And he's got a lot of expertise to share with you guys. But before I turn the microphone over to him, I want to do an introduction on him and some of the the cool concepts I think that we're going to be talking about today. He's got a book. Um, He's uh, very knowledgeable in his realm. So I want to, like I say, introduce him really quickly. Uh, As I mentioned, he's an author. His author name, as I just found out, is D. Neil Elliott. And to any outsider, Daniel Elliott was highly educated. He owned a profitable consulting firm and has had a successful career and an amazing wife and family. But things were not all as they seemed to be. Neil was facing a lot of challenges and was in a phase that uh, he was in a really dark place. Quite by accident, he discovered a higher road. As he traveled that road, he found the key to transforming his life. Over the course of the following year, Neil lifted himself to an inner state of love, peace, joy, and abundance. His perspectives on life changed entirely. His troubles and tribulations were his impetus to find the key that enabled him to revolutionize his life. He learned that the search for a better life does not entail positive thinking, saying affirmations, chanting mantras, or traveling to India to sit at the feet of a guru, or any other popularized method of finding yourself. The key? To ascend in both spiritual perception and truth. You need to use the right process to break through your entrenched human ego barriers. For nearly three decades, Neil read hundreds of self-help and spiritual books, and took self-development courses. All of them offered hope for change and improvement, but nothing fulfilled his needs or genuinely delivered on its promises. Neil's desire and his new mission in life is to share the knowledge he's gained and the process he's used on his journey to self-awareness. Together with the blueprint document he discovered that was instrumental in transforming his life, He wants to give you, regardless of your station in life, the tools and opportunity to empower yourself, transform your life, and draw peace, joy, love, and prosperity into your personal situation and environment. Neil believes that as more and more people follow this higher road to true spiritual perfection, a new era of love and peace will dawn for everyone throughout the world. Without further ado, please welcome the amazing Neil Elliott. Oh, thank you, Tiffany. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. I'm excited for this conversation. <clears throat> it's something I haven't really had anybody on to talk a ton about. So I want to ask you, 
what are you here to speak loud about? Oh, you know, I'm here to speak loud about, uh, you know, the truth. Everyone actually knows what the truth is, but in order to find it, it's an inward journey. And in order to do that, you need to understand, you know, you need to understand, you need to gain some new knowledge, understand a process and understand why and how you're doing that journey. You know, I loved in your bio that I just read there how you said you did all this, you know, self-help reading and positive affirmations and all these things that a lot of us kind of take that path down. I know I've done that. I've been reading self-help books since I was a teenager. Why was it that you found reading books as such or, you know, kind of following those, you know, I am great, all the positive affirmations, excuse me, wasn't working for you? And what can you give as an insight to somebody else on how they might be able to kind of derail their life in the right path from where they are today? Yeah, so great question. Uh, So first things, um, you know, I'm a professional engineer, so uh, I like things that, you know, can be observed, measured, calculated, those kinds of stuff. So many of the books that I read in the 90s and then again in 2015 uh, were spiritual books, a lot of self-help books, a lot of spiritual books. But in 2015, I picked up some science books in addition to that. And they all taught these great processes and stuff. And I'm not saying any of them are incorrect. They're all good stuff. It's just that they never managed to hit that nub or that key for me that gave me the context to understand how and why we create every event and every experience that comes into our lives and do it in a way that's, um, you know, rational and logical, and then actually utilizes some of the things we know in science today to make this link that enables uh, me, for example, to bridge this gap between spirituality and science. And when I was able to bridge that gap and learn this new knowledge about how and why our universe works the way it does, and what the actual Uh, process of the uh, evolutionary journey of the soul is, I was able to follow this process, go through these uh, very specific tools and techniques uh, to actually enter into that truth. And when you enter into that truth, then you actually make this connection back to source, whether you want to call it God or Yahweh, whatever you want to call it. And that when that spiritual energy flows into you and you feel it and you experience and then you, you, you know, for me, I was just bathed in this unconditional love, you know, in these meditations for, you know, two meditations back to back. And when I experienced that, then I knew that this process I followed, that this new knowledge I gained is our truth. And, um, you know, that just made all the difference in the world. And yeah, anyway, there's so much, there's so much to talk about. (laughs) Well, I'm excited to hear more about it. I want to kind of talk about what you first said is how and why does the universe work? What did you find in your research with that? Well, you know, so, uh, and all of this I've explained in my book, by the way, my book is a roadmap for you. You're not going to learn everything by learning my book, but I'm going to give you the roadmap and the tools, and I give you all of the information you need to follow this process I followed. 
And if you're willing to do the work, I tell you, you can transform your life from wherever you are living on the street, living in a mansion, ill, healthy, happy, depressed, doesn't matter where you are, you can totally transform your life. Um, so your question is, what did I learn? I mean, what I learned was some, some basic things about how and why the universe actually came into visible being. And, uh, you know, when you understand what was before the Big Bang, what happened at the time of the Big Bang, uh, why uh, there was a Big Bang, the impetus for the Big Bang, and then how the mechanics and the uh, mechanisms of the universe came into being that we utilize through this process of uh, being incarnated here in this uh, individual form uh, to create these experiences and these events that come into our lives. When you understand this stuff based in science and it's, and it's done in a way which everybody will understand, but when you understand it, then you can then make this link in your in your subconscious mind you you do this link between your conscious mind your subconscious mind and you start to understand that really life is about the choices you make and and i tell you every thought that you think and everything that you say creates a like event or like experience that you will manifest in your life and when you understand these tools and how and why this works like it does and the reason for it, then it's like, I have a choice. I can carry on living as I do in this pain and misery that I was in, or I can choose to undo it by following this process. And it doesn't, it's not, you know, it's not fast food. It doesn't come immediately. <laughs> it yeah. takes time, energy and effort to do it. But I can tell you, I totally transformed my life over the course of a year. And it's just been getting better and better and better ever since that. So very specifically, I'll give you one example. For example, um, you think with electrical impulses in the brain and you feel with magnetic impulses in your nervous system. The electrical impulse in the brain is a consciousness plan and the magnetic impulses that you feel in your nervous system, be it a a kind, loving feeling or a hateful, vengeful feeling magnetizes this consciousness plan into a, a blueprint, a life form, a blueprint of a future event or experience experience. And as you repetitively have these thoughts and these feelings, you magnetize that life form to what it does is it will manifest a like experience or event that comes into your life. It's interesting and you say this. Go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it's interesting you say this. I'm reading a book right now. I don't know if you've read it as well. Speaking of self-help books called Excuse Me, Your Life is Waiting. Have you read this book? I have not. And it talks about this exact thing that you're talking about. So it's interesting that now it's manifesting into a podcast interview in my own life that we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. You know, there's no coincidences in life, by the way. Yeah. We think there is, but there isn't. Everything's designed and, and um, you have free will. You can make whatever choice you want. And uh, that's the, you know, one of the benefits. Uh, it's, it's both this, um, uh, what's the word I'm trying to, it's, it's both a good thing and a bad thing. You have free will. And when you let your free will run your life, which we all do, and I can give a couple analogies to this. 
Um, you will create all of these events and experiences that come into your life that some are good and some are bad. And uh, it's only through lessons of suffering does the journeying soul gain self-knowledge to retain individuality after it discards the ego. Mm. So your process through many evolutions of life, being born in, you know, as male or female, different areas of the world, uh, different uh uh, religions, uh, different colors of skin, all of these things are designed as experiences to enable your soul to learn the lessons that it wants to learn on this evolutionary process to come back to the light. And so um, as when you when you like we're talking about things all over the place here, but when you understand <laughs> this stuff in, in, in a logical way that it's all laid out, um, you'll be able to make all these connections with things and you'll understand what your true purpose in life is. And you'll understand how and why you have created the things in your life that you've created. And you will understand that we come from unconditional love and we return to unconditional love. And your goal is actually to be this open and purified channel of source to allow it to express itself through you, which is unconditional love to everything and everyone in your environment and when you become this channel and and it's a work i'm a work in progress so it, nothing happens overnight like i said you know so as you become this channel and you uh, become this observer of life and an expression of unconditional love to everyone and everything in your environment um your whole life changes because what's going on in the world around us you start to understand that it's just these mechanics of the ego. It's this tool that is designed to create these events and experiences to help that soul wake up and understand what it's doing to itself. And when it does this, then it begins to look for processes or things that can help it to allow it to start to express itself through you. And when you do that, I can tell you, we are meant to be kept in peace and plenty and joy and love. But all of these things that we experience in the world, this we have created all of this. And, um, you know, it's a law of cause and effect. What, what you think about individually and collectively, what we think about, we will manifest a like event or like experience in our life, be it a, a month, a year, five years, 10 years, 20 years, 50 years in the future. So until we collectively come back to our truth and be this expression of who we are supposed to be, we will carry on creating this misery for ourselves, um, you know, on this planet. Now, the good news is that, uh, you know, we're at an unprecedented time in the evolution of the earth right now of the world. And um, all of these things we are getting uh, extra help. There's a new dispensation of energy around the world right now, which is uh, helping to wake people up to come back to their truth. And if if this wasn't happening, we would self annihilate. Yeah, you're and speaking so, of like the Great Awakening, right? Speaking of the Great Awakening, yes. Yeah, yeah, very familiar with that. Would you say that the ego then is why we f we deal with misery and some of the turmoil that we go through because the ego is maybe the negative energy within ourselves you know when we want a certain outcome that can be uh 
we're being fed by our ego or when we're offended or when we have sadness, a lot of that might be from ego. So, um, yes is the answer, but it's, it's bigger than that. So the ego is a divinely ordained tool to create individuality of the wholeness and the unity of the divine. And the ego is, uh, so at the time of conception between sperm and ovum, um, the uh, soul impresses its past lifetime experiences and uh, things that it wants to learn in this lifetime into that process. The uh, little I mind of ego is created at the same time. The ego can only utilize the uh, laws of cause and effect, bonding, rejection, uh, electromagnetism, essentially, uh, to create experiences and, um, you know, things around us uh, drawn out of divine energy, but materialized into this three-dimensional experience. And so um, as a baby grows from babyhood to age five, the brain has not yet developed to make its own decisions. And so really this little baby this is this embodiment of joy and love. And it's just absorbing everything in its environment, its parents' uh, culture and religion and, uh, you know, language they use and, and you know, and, and the kind of language being, you know, French or English, but the kind of language they're using in terms of is it um, denigrating and judgmental or just a loving and kind type of language, accepting kind of language. And so um, as this baby's growing from babyhood to age five, its personality is starting to be shaped for this lifetime and hewn and you're, you're bringing these things, you're adding this mix to what you came in with. And then at age five, you start to make decisions of your own that are influenced by how you've been shaped so far. So you go out to go to, you go to school. And as we grow from babyhood to adulthood, and we have these variance experiences and new things that we learn, et cetera, um, what we're doing is we're becoming, we think we're becoming versed in the ways of the world. But really what we're doing is we're allowing the ego to take control of our lives and we're shutting our soul off from the light. Mm. And so our ego can only, um, you know, bond with things it likes. Like I like that kind of, I like that ice cream. I like that car. I like that house. So it bonds with things it likes. It rejects things it doesn't like. I don't like those people. I don't like that, uh, you know, event. I don't want to go there. These are the only mechanics of the of uh, materialized form is through this bonding rejection uh, process. And so, you know, we're like method actors. We uh, come in and the little I mind of the ego is this method actor. So the method actor, you know, they will dress the part, they'll play the part, they'll eat the part for you know, a few weeks or a month or three months before they get on film. Then they get on film, they've really understood this character, they've got in this period piece you know, setting, and, uh, and the director calls action and they, they do their scene, and then the director calls cut. So while they're in the scene, they have lived this role and they have played this role for a few months to really get into character. So they come out of that, they high five each other and they go, man, I felt I was really there when you did that in that scene. You know, like, like we were back in that period piece. 
the actors came out of that back to who they were after the director called cut. But we as individuals, we identify with everything around us as being solid, which is not true. We know this in science today. At, at, a, at a subatomic level, everything is just energy. And so we identify with our bodies or our reality. This other person is a reality that's coming to me with either love and kindness or maybe hate and vengeance or anger. Um, this lamp is a, a solid piece and we know it's not. And so the ego is this actor that uses these tools of electromagnetism to create these experiences in its life that uh, and it never gets out of that and goes back and allows its soul to say the our soul is our reality. So when you go through this process, you learn that, no, hang on, I am unconditional love. I'm an embodiment of unconditional love. And this person coming towards me right now in this happy state or this angry state, their soul is equal to my soul. Their soul is unconditional love. And anything that they're doing is, is merely the tool of um, the ego to create these events and experiences for them. Now, when they come to me, uh, what you see is merely a reflection of your beliefs. If you change your beliefs, you change what you see. And I'll okay. give you an example. And I'll give you an example. There's um, <clears throat> during this pandemic, there was two women I know, and they were walking down our street here, and they were coming upon a historic building what has entry steps on the second floor. So you walk up these big steps into the second floor. As they approached the base of those steps, this elderly woman came out of the second floor and she's gesticulating wildly and she was really upset. And she stared down at them and she pointed at them and she said, stare if you will, I don't care. You know, like some really uh, angry language. One woman at the bottom of the steps, she thought, oh, this, this woman's dangerous. And so she said, I got to phone the police. So she pulled out her cell phone, she stepped back and she dialed 911. The other woman thought, I wonder if this woman's okay. I wonder if she needs help. And so she reached out and said, are you okay? Do you need help? And as soon as the woman at the top of the stairs heard that, she calmed right down. She explained her story. Mm -hmm. The only difference in perception of what happened for that event was uh, the beliefs that uh, these people have adopted and reinforced over a lifetime. And so when you change your beliefs, you change what you see. And when you come back to this place of understanding and knowing why and how we're here and what we're meant to be doing and what our purpose is in coming back to the state of being unconditional love, making this connection back with source so that you have this, this uh, assistance going through this process, then anytime somebody comes to you, it's an opportunity for you to, if you still feel irritated or upset by however they're approaching you, you begin to recognize that, oh, this is an opportunity for me to heal a belief. What belief do I have buried in me that still needs to be healed? And your, your, your goal is to heal all of those. So when they're coming towards you, in whatever state they are, is that you see them as this embodiment of unconditional love, but it's just this ego that's creating these things. So what you try and do is you reach out in a loving and kind way to try and help their soul wake up 
so that they will eventually start to go through this same process on their side. Because from their perspective, everything that they see is a reflection of their beliefs. Right. So it works both ways. And so our goal is to really become this embodiment of unconditional love here and allow the, the divine, if you will, express itself through us. And as we do that, we become, you know, you, you, you enter into the state of complete inner peace and joy and harmony and safety and security. And it doesn't matter what's going on in the world around you. You just, you don't get upset by any of it anymore. You just, you recognize it for what it is. It's a hologram. It's a play. It's not our reality. It is merely a bunch of actors on stage playing a part <laughs> to help each other to come back to this state. Yeah, I think uh, what you're saying really resonates with me because, for an example, I've started to get into I want to get into soul contracts here in a minute, which I'm sure is something you know very much about. But uh, when I meet someone, and I'm sure you've gone through this, you meet someone and they just really maybe get under your skin, right? Maybe there's just something about them. You're like, oh, I don't like that person. And you may have just met them. Maybe they've been in your life for quite some time. And they just bother you. So if you, based on what you're saying, the way I'm taking this is if that person bothers you and you don't know why, or, or maybe you do know why, it's because there's something in you maybe that you see in them, something of yourself you might see in them. Does that make sense? So like, um, I'll give you an example. I have a friend of mine that I'm kind of going through that lately. I don't want to be around her. And there's just something about her that just brings my energy down. But then I'm like, okay, well, I'm in control of that. I'm in control of the reaction I have by being around this person. And it's not that she's doing anything in particular. It's not that she's you know, being rude to me or saying unkind things. It's just something about her I can't put my finger on really bugs me. And so in thinking about this and meditating about this, what I've come to the conclusion of is there's something in her that is me. There's something about her that maybe I'm bothered by because it's something I need to still work on and heal. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And it, whenever... so. Whenever you have a reaction to somebody, um, yeah, that's, you know, you'd consider to be negative. There's no, there's no right or wrong. There's no good or bad here, by the way. Yeah. You know, um, it's all, when you understand this, it's all love, but it's all, you know, our ability to understand these things that um, are, that we consider to be harmful or hurtful or hateful um, as an act of love is a hard thing for the human mind to grasp. But, you know, I've spent, f I'm in my fourth year on this process now. So as you evolve through this process, you come to understand that this is still an act of love. It's an act of love at a soul level to help you understand and come back to this truth, to enter into the light, become this beacon of light. So when somebody's coming to you and you're finding something irritating, it is absolutely an opportunity for you to look inside yourself to, to figure out what you need to heal because right. it's got nothing to do with them. Right, right. That's <laughs> what I'm getting it's, at. Yeah. It's everything to do with you, nothing to do with them. Right. And so if something's bugging you, you know, you got to start to look inside. And this is where when you make this connection back to source, back and, you know, back to your higher self, um, and there's all kinds of... Um, 
you know, souls that are rushed to help you when you ask for help. You just need to kind of know how and what you're asking for. Um, you, because you have free will and because this is designed the way it is, no one's going to save you. You have to go through this process. When you ask for help, they can come and help you. Whoever that is can come and help you. But if you don't ask, they don't come. So you have to be specific. You need to ask. But when you do that, they will come and they will help you and they will direct you. And it might be an inspiration to pick up another book. It might be an inspiration to listen to a podcast. You know, I don't know what that inspiration is, is, but um, there is something inside of you. So when you are going through this process, you begin to understand and learn how to ask for, oh, this is bothering me. Can you help me understand, you know, kind of what's going on? What am I really reacting to? And so you start to do this own search in yourself, but you can get uh, assistance from uh, souls that will help you or spirits that will help you bring this to the fore. And it like I said, sometimes it can happen quickly. Sometimes it takes a while because you're going to continue to, you know, kind of create these things until you get your thinking right. So here's the thing is that you, you don't need to heal your bodies. You need to heal your beliefs. Mm. And when you can heal your beliefs and bring your beliefs back into alignment with our truth of our being or source, then everything that's bothering you will dissolve like a mist in the sun. Hmm. But it's a process to go through. And whether it takes one lifetime or 20 lifetimes, I could not comment on that. You know, I don't even know where my own soul is in its journey, let alone anybody else's. And so I don't judge anybody for where they're at. And I don't make any judgment around that. Oh, they're ahead of me or they're behind me or, you know, I'm, you know, none of that matters. You are where you are because you need to be there. And um, and when it's time, you begin this process to, to go through this and to learn and to understand. And so there's many paths to do this. But what I'm offering for people in my book is the, you know, my life story and the exact path and tools that I used, which is really concrete and rational and logical, and then bridges this gap between spirituality and science. And for me, it was the key to, oh, now I understand, you know, now I can make this bridge, this gap, and now I can start this process. Can we talk about this process that you teach people? Can you give us a little hint of some of the first stages of what you recommend through your book? Obviously, we want people to read the book and know it all in totality, but do you have some of the first steps that you could share? Yeah, absolutely. And again, so the the book is really a... Um, a roadmap, if you will, uh, and you read it, you're going to understand things in context. You're going to under read it from cover to cover, understand the process in its entirety. And if it resonates with you, then you go back and start with some of the science material or start directly with step, uh, step one. There's seven steps. Start directly with step one. Uh, if it doesn't resonate with you and you bought a print copy of the book, then either put it on your shelf to reread in 5, 10, 15, 20 years or give it to somebody else without colorful commentary and let them discover for themselves whether or not this process will work for them. Because if it does, uh, you know, you it may be the biggest gift that you give anybody. Wow. Uh, anyway, so, uh, you know, so there's 
I share with people the science books that helped me initially wake up to the ver the very first thing I had to wake up to was with was have this deep understanding that everything that you think is right or wrong, good or bad, true or false, is really just a belief. And when you can understand that it's really just a belief and know that, that it's just a belief, then you have the opportunity to say to yourself, well, if it's just a belief, that means I can change that belief. Right. Do I want to change that belief? <laughs> is that belief serving me? Well, I think it is, but maybe it's not. But, um, you know, when you understand that it's just a belief, then what you, you know, your next question is, well, if it's a belief and I want to change it, why would I want to change it? Uh, so I, I take people through this process that I went through. Why would I want to change it? Um, and if I do want to change it, how do I go about doing that? And so that's what really the seven steps are. The seven steps takes you through this process to first expand your understanding of what consciousness really is. Um, the uh, second step, I unveil these new truths that I learned and I, and I give people the information that I use, uh, that I used. So that's free information that I give people. The third is this reflection piece. And the reflection is really, you're going to sit down, you're going to go through this process, you're given some instruction to go through this process to write yourself a letter. And it's a letter that's only for you. It's not for anybody else, not to please a God, not to show a spouse, not to show a family member. It's only for you. And it's for you to document, benchmark, if you will, exactly how you feel about life. You know, do you love it and you enjoy it and everything's going great? Or would you rather be done with it? And so for me, uh, you know, and I share this in my book, what brought me to this process is when I sat down at a little one bedroom rental kitchen apartment and wrote, crafted out my suicide note and planned out my suicide. That's what brought me to this process. So, and all of this is described anyway. So you write yourself a letter. So my suicide letter was my reflection letter. Uh, you seal that, you put it away for a year. And then, um, and the reason is because if you, f if you actually go through and complete the seven steps, the way I've described it and the way you're, you're taught to do it, you know, it, it'll take you a year and, uh, maybe longer, maybe less, but, you know, go for a year for this point. And, um, I can tell you, if you follow this, you know, how you felt to begin with in this benchmark reflection letter and then way the way you're going to be a year later is entirely different so you'll be able to go this is how i feel today and wow i can't believe that i i was like that a year ago wow. and um step four is this process of 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 cleansing these beliefs and these thoughts from your subconscious and your unconscious mind and those are like concrete. We, we program them in our subconscious mind when we're very young. We reinforce them as we get older. And they're like concrete. They're really hard to break up and dissolve. So you need this process to break those up and dissolve them so you can change them. And what you want to do is you want to cleanse your consciousness from initially this very specific list of things which are causing all this negativity in your life whatever it is that comes into your life that uh, is not serving you, causing you illness, uh, causing you pain, causing you misery, um, helping you uh, live in the state that you live in. So you've got to cleanse yourself of these things. 
Step five is to rebuild your consciousness to these, I call them golden aspirations of divine consciousness, to sort of be in alignment with where we come from and to where we return. You rebuild them. And so you, this is a process. You're going to continue cleansing and rebuilding at the same time. Uh, step six, you learn this later. There's a very specific meditation that you're going to learn. You're going to learn to go into this meditation um, to enter into the silence and the stillness of your mind. And so what that means is you learn this process to stop all thoughts completely. And when you get in this state, so before the big bang, um, <clears throat> uh, consciousness is of this basic energy, primary energy um, that was uh, locked in this uh, mutual embrace of equilibrium. There's, there's these opposing impulses that were torn apart at the time of the big bang. So these opposing impulses, uh, universal consciousness, I'll call it that, is in the state of silence and stillness. And it's in equilibrium. So that's what this is a state that many call God. And in order to make the connection back to that state, our source, uh, you need to enter into the silence and the stillness. See, our source emits unconditional love 24-7, you know, every moment of every day, every millisecond of every day. But it is so spiritually refined and such a high vibrational frequency that it can't enter into our human consciousness and make itself known to us until you start to reach out and you start to do this cleansing and rebuilding to bring your uh, state of human consciousness to operate at a higher vibrational level. And when you do that, then this connection uh, begins. And I can describe a little bit about that if we have time. Yeah, sure. Uh, um, and then uh, you'll learn this daily meditation um, and uh, to do this. And then step seven is this repeat. You know, you're going to go back, you're going to cycle through this process of, uh, of continued learning these new truths and new knowledge and uh, cleansing and rebuilding your consciousness and doing this uh, meditation. Yeah. So expand on step six, you were saying you have an example that you could give on that, correct? Yeah, I do. Um, so I have to do an eye drop, so. <laughs> okay, <laughs> no worries. <clears throat> so I can keep talking, but I need to do that with my eyes closed. Okay. All right. So, um, let me tell you what happened for me. So, I began this process of learning these truths of uh, doing this inner cleansing and uh, and rebuilding. And, <clears throat> you know, you do that and, and the changes happen imperceptibly and slowly and you're not going to notice them. It's not like all of a sudden, oh, I feel changed. That's not going to happen. So what happens is it happens slowly. So at the seven month mark, what happened was I started to feel this little tingling at the top of my head under the skull. And I didn't know what it was, about the size of a dime. And I thought, oh, you know, I don't know what that is. It feels weird, but I'll keep doing what I'm doing. And um, so I carried on with that. And over the next couple of months, that grew and it probably grew to three, four inches in diameter. At that point, I knew that what I was doing was I was building new brain cells impressed with new knowledge that operate at this higher vibrational frequency. 
And as I continued this process um, at the uh, 13-month mark, end of 13 months, so late December 2018, I... um, I had this spiritual inflow of energy come into me and it, it filled my body with, um, you know, just it, it entirely filled my body and then cradled me in this state of unconditional love. And I just, I didn't care what illnesses my body had. I didn't care what pains and aches it had. I didn't care what anybody had done to me in the past. I felt totally supported, non-judged. And I just bathed in unconditional love. And it's and it's an unconditional love that we don't have the human experience to um, describe. But, you know, I, I wanted to stay there forever. I came out of that meditation. Two days later, I had the exact same meditation. At that point, I knew that this process I followed and this, the knowledge I gained are truth. And then I've, I've just carried on with this process since then. But between that little dime area and that, experience at the end of the 13 months what would happen is i'd get the spiritual energy flow into it It might be in my head um it could go down one side of my body and up the other side it could come into my head go into my chest and reside there or down into my solar plexus it it traveled all around in my meditations now what happens is that i can direct that where um, i want it to be but I also just let it do what it needs to do because as it enters into me, it goes to areas to um, cleanse and heal those areas of my body that need to be healed. So, you know, right now it'll come into my head, it'll be in my head and uh, my chest and uh, mostly because it is, you know, we need to be leading with our heart not with our brains and our thoughts. And so as you begin to lead with your heart, um, you open your heart up and your heart becomes this um, uh, connection back with the divine to be this expression of unconditional love. So when you go into these meditations, I, you know, you can start with 10 minutes a day and and grow to whatever you want. If you've never meditated before, Um, I meditate between 90 minutes and two hours every morning without fail. Do you create, do you provide meditations for people? Like, do you have a channel that you upload these meditations, like guided meditations or, or anything like that? Um, so no, I, I don't do that. Um, and the reason is because this meditation is a meditation for you to enter into the silence and stillness. So I wear oh, that's soft, right. I pair earplugs. Mm-hmm. I put in um, earplugs, uh, hearing protection and I sit quietly and I have a uh, an office, well, in this office, actually in this recliner behind me, I get into a very comfortable position uh, where you, re- you rest and relax and uh, support every part of your body. So you want to be in this, uh, this state of total relaxation as if you're going to go to sleep. Mm. But um, you learn to enter into this uh, stopping all of your thoughts. And when you stop all of your thoughts, then... You know, eventually what will happen. So what happens to me today is I go into this state of all these thoughts and then I have this mutual and reciprocal uh, communication with the source of our being. And so I'm given inspiration. I might be given direction. I might be given uh, words to say. I might be given 
uh, something to work on for the day. Um, you know, there's just the variety of things that I'm, uh, you know, asked to do. And then it's up to me because we all have free will. And so I can ignore it and carry on doing whatever it is I'm doing. All I'm really doing is delaying my process of this evolutionary process if I ignore it. So our, our, my goal is to get to this point where I'm, you know, kind of given this inspiration or direction to do something. I just do it without question. I trust it and I do it. And what that does is that just opens us up to, to more joy and more love and more peace, even if it is something that our brain might go, oh, I'm not sure if I want to do that. Um, if we just trust it and follow it, you know, you are here, you are meant to be in the state of pure love and peace and joy, safety and security. And that is what the source of our being is. I definitely would love to read your book and learn more about this method. And I'm sure a lot of others would as well, because I've just sta uh, started taking on meditation maybe five years ago. And I can't quiet my mind. I even try to do it before bed, you know, just because I tend to have so many thoughts run through. So I'm very envious of that. I would love to get to that state to be able to quiet the mind and receive the downloads, if you will, uh, from source. So uh, very interested in reading your book. Remind me of the title so we can tell people where they can find that as well. Yeah, absolutely. So it's A Higher Road. Cleanse your consciousness to transcend the ego and ascend spiritually. A seven-step process to inner peace, joy, love, abundance, and prosperity. And it's by D. Neil Elliott. The D is just the initial of my first name. And uh, the website is ahigherroad.com. That'll take you to my author website. Uh, all my social media links are on there. The book is available globally wherever books are sold. You can get it Amazon, you can get it through bookstores, however you want to get it. It's in print or uh, ebook form. Okay. So not audible, obviously, because it sounds like you got to do a little bit of workbook with it or no? Uh, I will be doing audible. Uh, okay. but, uh, or I will be doing an audio book, but I can't say when that's going to come out. It might be a while. <laughs> are you going to be narrating it? I will. Yeah. You have a great voice. So I could see how that would be very advantageous for you to do that. So we're kind of running out of time. So I just have a few more questions before we move on to the 20 question segment. Uh, the first question I have is, um, regarding enlightenment. So for me, I'm just going to speak from my experience, obviously, is uh, I find it very hard to get to that center of enlightenment. And I think it's because I have so much noise going on, right? And I think that's something that, um, you know, goes with the thoughts constantly flowing in. Do you have any particular advice based on your circumstances or your your experience rather and the science backing of that as well, how somebody can reach true enlightenment? Uh, so <clears throat> that's a that's a large answer. So I'm going to keep this short <laughs> to actually, you know, address something that you just said around okay. you're having a hard time. So there's a couple um, things that I did, and I explained this in the book. Is one is I meditate first thing in the morning. I like I so my ritual is I get up in the morning and I have some water. You know, go to the washroom, have some, have a glass of water to rehydrate my body, and and then I I love coffee, so I take a cup of coffee. I sit in my recliner and I listen to some of this material. So I call every morning I listen to the same material, the same truths. 
So I'm reinforcing it in my subconscious mind. And the reason I do that is because what I read in the first year, reading that same paragraph in the second year, whole new meaning. In the third year, whole new meaning. It just keeps getting more and more deep. So, um, so I do that. And then uh, I get into this relaxed state. And the reason I do this meditation in the morning is because my brain is not yet busy with everything. Hmm. And I'm not thinking about work and, you know, or anything like that. So it's not busy. And um, we let our externalities drive our thoughts and our reactions and our emotions to life. And what you will do when you go through this process is you will get to this place where it doesn't matter what's going on inside of you. You are going to start to live from the inside out. So whatever's going on around you is not going to affect. You're going to let that inside uh, voice, that inside peace be what drives what you say and do. Now, as you're going through this process, you're still things are going to come to you. And spouses tend to be really great in terms of they know all the buttons to push. Mm -hmm. So all of those buttons that they push that causes your ego to react to them. Um, you will learn, oh, this is my, just my ego talking. This is my ego responding. You will learn that and you'll go, okay, well, that's something I need to work on. I need to figure out what it is. Why is that triggering me? And it's typically something inside you that is triggering you. It might be a past experience. It might be from a past life. It might be from a future life. Don't know. So, uh, but it's an opportunity for you to heal it. So um, in short, uh, you know, you need to get to this place where you start living from the inside out, but it's a process to get there. And so, um, coincidentally, what happened to me was I developed this dry eye condition and it's not a coincidence. This all happened for a reason, right? So right. this dry eye condition came in 2017. It stopped me from reading books. It stopped me from spending a bunch of time on the computer, it stopped me from watching TV and um, so I was going through this process of not watching or listening to anything that is uh, contrary to unconditional love. So if it's the news, I don't pay attention to it. If it's the wars that's going on in the world, I don't pay attention to it. If it's a movie with a lot of violence and rage and anger, and I don't watch. So I was starting to cleanse myself of all of these things because you know, thoughts, your thinking is just this stream of consciousness that goes by you. You pick out a thought, you look at it, you know, you do this in and now, sorry, you grab a thought, you pick, you pull it out, you look at it. If it's consistent with your patterns of thinking that you've embedded in your subconscious mind, be it a loving, kind thought or a hateful thought, you'll keep it. If it's inconsistent, you throw it back in the stream. Everything that comes by you. So you do this inner cleansing, then all of a sudden you start to realize that, oh, that's a thought. Nah, that's not my thought. That's somebody else's thought. I'm not going to, I'm not even going to accept that thought. And I can go back in the stream and let it go. So your thoughts all become now consistent with um, love and peace and joy. Like all of the peace, the joy, the love that you are seeking, the security, it's all inside of you. You just have to know how to unlock it. So, um, there's a bunch of things you can do. Stop feeding yourself stuff which is contrary to unconditional love. Um, start to pay attention to your thoughts, and it's a hard to do. 
But um, I, because I listened to audiobooks, I trained my mind. I sat in this recliner. I put on headphones. I got relaxed. I closed my eyes because I found it I, like I was a visual learner. So anything distracting <laughs> would, you know, like, oh, shiny object. Um, so um, I, I, by listening to audiobooks for two, three years before I began this process, helped to train my mind to focus on the spoken word. And what that ended up doing was helping me to train my mind to um, go into the silence and stillness when I started this meditation, because I had already been training my mind to focus and not be distracted. Interesting. So, but you can't listen to an audio book and do the dishes or drive a car or something like that. It's really, you got to get in as if you're going to read a, a hardcover, get relaxed, pretend it's a hardcover, close your eyes and just listen. And you start to train your mind to be able to um, keep out the noise and the distraction, wear earplugs uh, if you're not wearing headphones and um, keep out that noise and distraction and you start to focus your mind. And then you get to this place where you can just clear it totally. Yeah, that's something I definitely strive for. And that's a good point. You know, I was getting a pedicure a couple of days ago and I was listening to a book, you know, audio book, and it's the same thing. You know, there were so many distractions around me. So I was doing myself a disservice, really, because I wasn't obtaining or retaining whatever, you know, that information because I did have the things around that were distracting. So I see what you're saying. Yeah. And if you close your eyes, that so that's why I say this dry condition is, is um, you know, was a blessing. And it was required for me to take this inward journey. Mm-hmm. So a Muslim friend of mine said to me, you know, a couple of years, few years ago, he said, you know, you got this because you're supposed to take this inward journey. And I said, yeah, that's, that's beautiful. That's exactly why it's manifested. It was to do that. Right. Yeah. So um, anyway, so I think that, you know, if you do the audio book, close your eyes, don't get distracted by things. Right. And that'll help to start to train your mind. And then um, my recommendation is you just stop watching all these movies and stuff that are, you know, contrary to anything that's contrary to unconditional love, violence, hate, anger, venge, vengefulness, <laughs> you know, sure. anything, shoot em ups, you know, all really good, all stuff I used to watch all the time. <laughs> Even down to the music you listen to, right? Even down to the music. Yeah. What do you know for sure? What do I know for sure? I yeah. know that, um, I know that when we pass from this lifetime and our bodies return, you know, our bodies will, you know, turn to dust. They're just ephemeral. We're going to, you know, go back into the state of absolute unconditional love and peace and joy and security. And you're going to expand beyond anything that you could even imagine. And you're going to look at this lifetime as just a, oh, that was interesting. We're really in that part. That was good. I was like totally buried and deep in that one. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. And, uh, you know, I mentioned soul contracts earlier in the conversation. I'm a firm believer. in. so I'm sure you've read uh, Gary Zukov's Seat of the Soul, or have you read that book? I have not. So he talks about uh, how we all come here with a soul contract. You know, we are here to learn certain lessons. And if we don't learn those lessons, then we might get to learn them in our next life when we come back because we didn't learn them in this life. Right. So um, I try to remind myself of that when I'm going through troubles and, and trials in life is I signed up for this and there's a lesson here. And I think that's something we can all remind ourselves of. 
Absolutely. And things that you don't deal with in this lifetime spiritually, you create mountains for yourself that you have to deal with in your next lifetime. Right. So, um, but, you know, don't let fear be your motivation for doing this. Right. Of course. You know, because that's an issue on its own. So, um, you know, what you really want to do is you want to come back, you know, understand that again, like all of this love, peace, joy, safety, security that you're seeking, it's all inside of you. You just need to know how to unlock it. And, you know, take this journey a step at a time, right? Don't, Mm -hmm. don't try and, you know, second guess yourself and go, Oh, there's so much further ahead from me. And, you know, and you, you, so we also have to be careful. So, um, you know, when you pour, clean pure water into porridge it takes on the consistency of the porridge it becomes uh you know consistent with the porridge it becomes cloudy when pure spiritual energy flows into a human mind if that human mind is not fully cleansed of the egoic thinking and a fully cleansed to make this open and pure connection back to source then the inspiration that comes into that mind takes on the constructs and the concepts of the human mind. So the things that are taught may be no longer pure and pristine. And so you need to be careful who you follow. Yes. And so um, in you don't have to believe anything that I'm telling you, because if you read my book, I'm going to give you all the material that I used. You're going to hear it from the highest source. Mm. And it's not by any, you know, the science books, sure, they're all stuff that we need to know. And they're all, you know, human, uh, individualized people. But the uh, truths that I unveil um, are from the highest source. They're not from me. I am merely the messenger. And so that information was given to a purified mind that was purified over 40 years before that that information was given. And so it's as pure as you're going to get. And I can um, uh, I, I can provide a testimony to that because I followed it and my life has entirely changed. I went from the brink of suicide to where I am today. And it's in, you know, over one year. And I'm so grateful that you have put that down on paper form for people to read and it'll live on past your years for people to transform their own lives. So that's very beautiful. The final question I want to ask you is what are you hoping the listeners are going to take away from our conversation today? Uh, You know, the big thing is that no matter where you are, um, you can change it if you're, if you're open and willing, if you're open, willing, you get the knowledge and the process, you can totally change your life. You don't, the misery that you are experiencing right now is a gift It's a Mm. gift for you to wake up. And so you just need to have the right tools and the right knowledge. And with that, then you can choose to live life differently and and bring this total new state of life, of peace and joy and love into your life. So you've mentioned coincidence and there are no coincidences. No coincidences. There is no coincidence that I've had this conversation with you here today. It's kind of like when you sit in church and the sermon, it's like they're talking just to you. I felt that from you many times today. So thank you. You have definitely blessed my life to kind of uh, explore some different options. And I look forward to reading your book. I will purchase a copy and read it and 
uh, maybe follow up with you and let you know how it's changed my life because uh, definitely some things I've been going through recently and it's like you're just talking directly to me as if we're not even recording a podcast episode so thank you I really appreciate that well I'm you know I'm I'm so blessed to be here and I thank you for for your time and uh, yeah I just you can reach out anytime Perfect. any questions you have absolutely I appreciate I'm, that. I'm you know I want you know, I want to help this world come into this new state, new era of love and peace. And I know it'll happen. Uh, but the more people that wake up and begin this journey, the sooner it will happen. Yes. I call myself a light worker right now because I feel like I'm helping others find their light. But I also am trying to find my own light, right? And I feel that you embody that 110%. You're a beacon of light and you're a light worker helping others. And uh it's much needed. And I agree with you. We're in a great awakening. It's a collective consciousness of, you know, finding the, uh, the light out there. We've had a lot of darkness. Uh, absolutely. Yep. It's, um, uh, you know, it's like, uh, a live event that's happening right now. Yeah. <laughs> and we, the pe and we, the people are part of that event. <laughs> and we're here on this planet at the time that we are for that reason. You know, that we, we made the choice to be here to help with this. Yeah. With this movement. Absolutely. Yeah. So let me move on to 20 questions. If we may, uh, if you will choose a number between one and 20. 17. What is the best piece of advice you've ever been given and why? Oh, interesting. Okay. So I was taking my MD. <laughs> I wanted to, so mid thirties. So. 35 years old and professional engineer and debating taking my MBA. Mm -hmm. And um, I was going to do it part-time. So I'm working full-time and then going to do this MBA at night over two years, two, full two years, like 24 months. And I thought, oh man, it's like, it was 24 grand to take this MBA at the time. Now, that's a lot of money. And am I going to be able to do my work and do this? Like I'll have no time for my kids or anything. And uh, my new wife at the time, uh, second wife, she said to me, um, okay, so how long is this going to take? And I said, two years. And she says, okay, so two years from now, you can look back and say you did it or you didn't do it. That time's going to pass anyway. So what is it that you want to do? Ah, I like that. Okay. I signed, I signed <laughs> up that day. So in my book, I use that same analogy. I explain to people, you know, when that happened as in my when I was doing the MBA, the end of my book, I say to people, so now you have the process and the tools. I, I say it differently in the book, but essentially the choice is yours. You know, if it's going to take you one or two years to go through this process and come to this inner state of love and peace and joy, you can either two years from now, one or two years from now, you can look back and say you did it or you didn't. So, and the time's going to pass regardless. The time's so. going to pass regardless. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Neil. You have been such a, a light today. I really hope that those of you tuning in take something from this. As you know, this is a labor of love for me. I just do this because I really want it to be a resource for those of you out here uh, overcoming trauma. So share this, like it, rate it, all those good things. And uh, as always, you are worthy. You are enough and keep on shining your light. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Speak Loud. If this message resonated with you, please feel free to share it with anyone you feel could use the support. To find out more information about SHARE, our movement, 
and to join the cause, please visit sharethemovement.org. Until next time. <laughs>